The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to discuss how to use content to stand out in the age of the coronavirus. Joining us is Hope Horner, who is the founder and CEO of Lemonlight, which is an on-demand video production company that offers brands and agencies access to high-quality, affordable video content nationwide. Hope is a three-time entrepreneur who has been featured in Inc.'s Top 25 Entrepreneurs to Watch and Entrepreneurs 11 Marketing Experts That Could Change Your Business. We're very excited to chat with her today, and we're going to discuss how to stand out in a cluttered content market. Okay, here's my conversation with Hope Horner, founder and CEO of Lemonlight. Hope, welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Just on name alone, I'm thrilled to chat with you. We could all use a little bit more hope in our life. It's the age of the coronavirus. Marketing is changing. Lifestyles are changing. Good news is we still get to talk about marketing, even though we're trapped at home. How are you getting through everything? Has your business been affected with all that's going on? We are managing. Things are definitely slower. And it's really all been about adaptability. So taking it week to week, figuring out what's working, what's not working. How can we be smart about how we're spending money right now from a marketing perspective, where to shift budgets. It's really about responding quickly and making sure that you're able to continue to adapt along the way as you learn new things. So you mentioned that you have to be more judicious with how you're spending. Lots of companies are pulling back on their performance marketing budget, making sure that they have more runway, hopefully being able to retain their employees as well. And that means that if you're not going to be working on performance marketing, if you're not buying advertising and you still want to be an effective marketer, you've got a couple options. Hope and pray, (laughs) virality, you could build a content business. That's kind of where you specialize. Lemonlight is centered around video production, but you're a content expert. Talk to me about some of the ways that you're seeing people use content effectively. And really, now that people are flooding the market with more content and focusing on their content strategy, what's the right way to stand out? I'm going to talk about kind of short-term strategy and long-term strategy, because I think with this kind of unique time, there's been a really great opportunity to examine both. So short term, right away, the first thing that I think is most important, and most people have probably done this by now, but it's really looking at the content that you've written, the content scheduled to be distributed, and saying, okay, what doesn't make sense for our audience anymore, right? What feels tone deaf? 
So the first thing is like, okay, what should we definitely just pause for now entirely? What can we take and then maybe recraft and repurpose to be a little bit more relevant to what's happening today? And then lastly, what are the opportunities from a content perspective that we can take advantage of right now that is going to help our customers have a better experience through these times? So I think the first stage that you're talking about is evaluating your content assets where you have to look at what you have that could potentially be repurposed and republished, right? Old content, evergreen content can be updated and it's made new. But you also need to think about what you already have to make sure that you're not publishing that's going to showcase your brand in a tone deaf way or in a negative light. Give me some examples of brands that have used content that they're publishing that just doesn't feel relevant anymore. A really simple, straightforward example is, you know, before this, one of the pieces of content we had was here are 10 ways to optimize your onset experience when you're filming a video for your company. Well, in the middle of a pandemic, you're not doing a lot of onset filming. So in that case, I don't think it was necessarily tone deaf or would have offended our clients, but it definitely wouldn't have been very well received because it's not relevant right now. Unless you modify it to say, here's how you can film at home. Yes. So that's a great way to kind of repurpose the content and kind of rethink about it. From a tone deaf perspective, I think it's really just continuing at the same like overly salesy, any kind of overly salesy pitch or reaching out. You know, I get emails every day still that are like the same email they were using three months ago. And it was kind of cold and not really that inviting then. And then, you know, in the middle of a global pandemic, it's offensive. How are you still sending this to people right now? I think that there's a dance with the cold outreach. And honestly, we've thought about this a little bit at the MarTech podcast, where most of our cold outreach is going to people who are sponsors of events saying, if you sponsored this event, we think you'd be a good fit for a sponsorship for the MarTech podcast. And we've changed that language a little bit to be, hey, you weren't able to sponsor this event because it was canceled. If you're looking to reallocate your budget, here's an opportunity to accomplish some of the similar things. But even then, I still have some mixed emotions. You know, we're trying to send those emails because, you know, we have to keep our sponsorship model. We still have to pay for the production of the show. But on the flip side, you know, I worry about sending too many of them. And so we pulled back a little bit in terms of just the volume because we just don't want to be overwhelming people. Totally hear you. I think that this is one of the biggest struggles that companies are having right now. We actually sent out a survey about a month ago to talk to our audience and to get feedback from them about the content that they wanted to receive first and foremost and some of the things they were struggling with and just a bunch of different areas. And one of the things that most marketers were struggling with was how do you continue trying to make money, right, to keep your business afloat without offending people? So it's definitely been a delicate balance for us. And I'm sure any brand that's continuing to do that, just like yourself. So the first thing that you're doing, you're evaluating your existing content, you're looking at what you were going to publish, and you're making sure that you're being sensitive to the environment today. There are lots of people that are still publishing content. There's probably more content that's being published by marketers now than there was months ago because people are moving away from performance marketing. What are some of the ways to stand out? I guess what's most important is that you're standing out amongst the audience that you want to connect with. I could stand out by putting up a whole bunch of new kitten videos, but it's not really going to help our business overall. I'll leave that to someone who is trying to sell kitten videos or kittens. But for us, it was really about creating content that was going to resonate with our clients and help them have a better experience with this. Like what information do they need? And a lot of them had a lot of the same questions. About two or three months ago, there was very little marketing advice when it came to how to keep running your marketing department in the middle of a pandemic. It just didn't exist. So taking that idea and figuring out, okay, more specifically, what are those questions? And a lot of the questions are, how do you spend your budget? How do you allocate your budget? What do you keep spending money on? What should you not spend money on? 
there's other things like how you're working remotely right now and how to run your marketing team remotely. I feel like that's been another big topic. But generally speaking, the way that you stand out is by answering the questions that people have. So let's talk about sourcing the questions and getting a feedback loop from your customers. If what makes you relevant in a crowded marketplace is that you actually have the answer to the question somebody is asking, how do you look into the crystal ball or you know, do your research, do your homework and understand what your customers actually want to hear? We did it very directly. We thought about this a lot. And at the end of the day, we crafted a simple but very direct survey. And we just asked them, what are the biggest challenges you're facing right now? What types of information do you wish you knew more about? You know, if you could get the perfect answer, what would your question be? So just a lot of really direct questions about what kind of information they're seeking right now, and especially information they're seeking and can't find. Right. So you're starting a feedback loop with your customers. You're sending a survey. Walk me through, you know, what your setup and what you were trying to accomplish with that survey. You know, who were you reaching out to and what were you getting out of it? So as a company, we produce branded video content for brands and agencies. So we wanted to make sure that we were creating content that was speaking to our audience, which most of the time are other marketers and then business owners as well. So the purpose of the survey was to gain a better understanding of where they are today, which was a month ago, and then figure out how we can best meet them where they were today. So have you seen people thinking differently about how to use video as a medium pre and post the coronavirus? What was the actual result of the survey? So we asked a lot of specific questions about video as a topic in general. A lot of people put their video plans on hold. So as you're thinking about content and standing out, you know, the idea is, look, you got to talk to your customers. I think that there's a couple different ways to do that. A, you know, if you're just running on a shoestring budget, go into Google Trends and look at topics and they'll give you some questions there. You know, type in the word that you're thinking about video, space A, space B, space C, and you're going to come up with a list of topics that are relevant. You could use Google as a research tool obviously ask your customers. And if you're at a larger organization, look, you've got a whole customer service organization that are fielding the inbound inquiries. You know, people are going to literally ask questions to your organization. You should be mining customer service for those questions as well. When it comes to standing out in terms of content production, whether it's graphic, whether it's video, whether it's text, talk to me about some of the different formats and delivery mechanisms that you're seeing that are standing out today. So one of the things we found really interesting was, although a lot of people said they were putting their video content plans on hold temporarily, video was the number one way that people wanted to receive information. So that was really interesting to us because that was one of the ways that people were kind of moving their marketing dollars away from video. Meanwhile, all of them were saying, but I actually want video now more than ever. So I think that there is an opportunity to create more content, especially video content, if you can be thoughtful and crafty in the way that you're doing it right now. Obviously, you can't go to set with 25 people right now and film a huge commercial, but there's a lot of video content you can create to help connect with your audience and answer the questions that they have. And I think that's a very digestible way for them to receive information. It's funny, now that we're all working from home, the understanding that there are kids crying in the background or the dog might be barking. By the way, you have a beautiful home. (laughs) You know, that understanding of people being in real life situations while they work is sort of commonplace and just sort of accepted. I'm wondering if you're seeing an opportunity for people to create more viral video. Is there opportunity to produce video on a lower budget, the sort of shoot-it-yourself iPhone video? Or do you still see value in the high production costs, heavily produced video? Where does the ball drop in terms of highly produced video as opposed to, you know, viral hacky iPhone video for marketing? We get this question all the time. 
iPhones are amazing now. Can't we just film our own video? And the answer is, yes, you can. And what we believe is that the type of video that you create and basically the quality directly relates to where you're publishing it. So you wouldn't probably publish an iPhone video of you talking about your brand on the front page of your website, but you would absolutely publish an iPhone video on Instagram stories answering questions that your customers might have. I think it really comes down to distribution strategy and how people are normally seeing content on that platform. So there's definitely a place for self-filmed iPhone videos and definitely more places now than there were ever before. But I still think that there's definitely a world where you do need the higher quality video production where you have particularly like any kind of paid ad, I feel like especially that's ran on like over the top or a lot of the digital spaces, like you're still going to need and want to present your brand in a pretty polished way. So as you think about the difference between video content, between text, even imagery, graphic, digital, whatever you want to call photos, you have to match that with the right medium and the fidelity matters as well. When you're focusing on standing out, you're thinking about putting a content strategy together. Let's say you're new to building a content strategy. You're going to answer your customers' questions. Are there any other tricks or hacks that you can think of to make sure that you are positioning your brand in the right way and also making sure that you're getting the distribution or syndication of your content? I think it's about presenting something new. A lot of content that we receive is regurgitated content from three other places. And I understand that. Sometimes that's how we receive information and then kind of recraft it to kind of share a similar message. But I think to really stand out, you really have to bring some of your own information to the table and your own experiences and be willing to take some risks, whether that's from a video standpoint or a content standpoint. I think that doing something that's a little bit different than everyone else is important. I think one of the key tips when you're thinking about syndication is understanding the audience that is on the platform and the way that those platform works. You mentioned iPhone videos are a good fit for Instagram stories, right? Where your homepage, you might want a highly produced videos. When you're starting to think about syndicating your content, there is always an opportunity to take long form content and break it down into short form content. You need to make it in the right format for the right channel. And then also publishing content consistently. It's something that we've learned here at the MarTech Podcast. If you're not going to publish regularly, you just don't get that repetition. You don't build the reputation with the audience that you're trying to meet. The short answer is yes. With regards to formats. So you're 100% right. Every piece of content that you publish should be optimized for that particular medium. We have a book called a Social Spec Deck that we made. And it basically just goes through every single platform. I'd be happy to send it to you or your audience. It goes through every single platform and shows things from the size, the weight of certain videos for different platforms, as well as kind of the tips and tricks to optimize your video for that platform. So I think it's something that everyone should always keep in mind, especially because, you know, filming video content can be costly. So it's really important to make sure that you're using the content in the widest way possible. So repurposing it and using it in different ways. The social spec deck. That's great marketing right there. I'd, I'd love to be able to distribute it to the audience. Everybody will put a link to it in the show notes and we'll also put it on the page on our website for this content. So, hey, we've got our call to action now. That's also important. You know, when you're standing out in your content efforts, when you actually get a hold of somebody, why don't we talk about that? How are you actually thinking about driving conversions and standing out is one thing, making sure that your content actually drives business results is another one. Talk to me about closing the loop and getting the desired action you want out of your content? This is actually something that we still test every single day. We don't have this perfectly figured out. 
we get a lot of traffic to our blog and we get a lot of eyeballs on our content, but it doesn't always turn into the next step in the funnel. Some of the things that we've tried that we've definitely seen work are exploring different calls to action. One interesting thing that we noticed is that when we took softer calls to action, they actually converted much higher than the call us now or book your appointment now. So that's been really interesting, driving them to multiple pieces of content. And then the other big thing is making sure that you have an email drip funnel to follow up. So if they are looking at content that is about a very specific thing, especially if they've looked at multiple pieces of content about that idea, making sure that you're following up with some other ways that they can find content about that same topic. Yeah, I think that's really important. Part of building a great content business and a great content archive is producing great content, right channel, right place, but also understanding who's consuming it and where they are in the buying journey so you can lead them not to the end of the funnel, but to the next step in the funnel. Okay. Hope, I really appreciate the advice. We're going to wrap it up for today, but we're going to come back tomorrow and continue our conversation talking specifically about how to salvage your growth plan in the midst of this pandemic. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Hope Horner for joining us. Join us again for part two of this interview, which we're going to publish tomorrow where Hope and I discuss, like I said, how to salvage your growth marketing plan in the midst of the pandemic. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Hope, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Hope Horner, H-O-P-E-H-O-R-N-E-R. Or you can visit her company's website, which is lemonlight.com, L-E-M-O-N-L-I-G-H-T.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we've got summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.